Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., 9 a.m. on Wednesdays for that special edition of Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We have podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and many other locations on the Internet. We are also on YouTube where you can watch these interviews as well. And we will be linked to our guest's website, so we'll be giving that to you shortly. We also ask that you participate in the Decade of Perfect Vision, the 2020s, where we spend time going within, listening to that still, small voice. And if you can support the, uh, uh, what we're doing here, if you'd like to support it, be a part of what we're doing here financially, we have a PayPal account. It's there for your security as well as ours. And with all of that being said, we're going to dive into our guest and our subject today. And I think you're going to enjoy the program today because we're basically going to, uh, we're going to do one basic thing. And that is with everything that's been going on in the, in the world and in the country and maybe in your city or state, we're just going to shake it off. Okay. We're going to shake it off. We're going to use shake it off leadership, uh, achieving success through the eyes of our labels. My guest is uh, Betsy uh, Cirullo. I want to thank you so much for joining us on the program today. It's great to have you with us. Oh, thank you, Richard. I appreciate being here. Well, you know, I made the analogy of shaking it off, kind of like uh, the way a dog will get all wet or be out in the rain or something, and then they'll come in yeah. and they will shake all over and the water goes everywhere. Right. And uh, in the summertime, that ain't so bad. That feels pretty good. <laughs> um, and in a manner of speaking, that's kind of what we want to do. We yeah. want to shake it off. And I, uh, it's easier said than done because mm-hmm. some of this stuff, um, some of this stuff just really sticks to you. I, I, and, and I've been sharing this over this past week. Mm-hmm. With our listeners, as well as friends that I know, there's something I don't want to shake off just yet, but I'm just not sure where I want to be in there. Uh, And that is uh, the fact that um, as you and I are conversing, it's just been over a week since my big sister, my oldest sister, passed away at the age of 65. I'm so sorry. Well, I'll tell you, you know... I've had some really extraordinary experiences, and we'll get into that later, but mm-hmm. it's like that's one of those things. Or if it lets, I, I've been through divorce, you know. Well, I shook yeah. that off. I'm not there anymore. I don't, right. you know. Right. Uh, I've, I've had some, my own financial challenges. Um, uh, I moved. I've changed, as many of us have, many, many times. Sometimes you're fired, and that's like a, a little death of sorts, you know, you, right. you have a part of you right. that dies. Wow, that was that was my identity, you yeah. know. And I think that one of the aspects that we want to look at is uh, uh, some of the elements that you talk about, of course, is uh, uh, who defines you, you or others. And can you choose your label? And we're going to talk about these labels and use them to empower yourself and your business. And uh, we're going to talk about that. I'm going to even use the word masks. We can use labels. We can use the word masks. It's kind of all the same thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as you know, we put on a different mask depending upon where we are. I mean, I, I'd like to think I'm not 
masked now, but hey, I'm the interviewer, host of the program. You're the guest. You have your mask on. You're the author. You're the the coach, if you will. Let's talk a little bit about these these masks or, again, we'll use your term labels. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about these labels that we get. Uh, and, of course, you also know about that concept where there are six different, let me do it this way, six different perspectives that right. uh, the people uh, that, that we have. You know, there's the way I see me, there's the way you see me, and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are all part of those labels. Let's talk about the labels first. Well, you know, Richard, I, I want to acknowledge where you at and where you're at, and I, I I really applaud you for bringing your your vulnerability about your sister's loss. And I have a chapter in the book on grief. I lost two brothers within a year and a half of each other. One at age 59, the other one at 62, both at heart attacks. And I can tell you that. I remember when that happened about 10 years ago, I, I'll use it as a label. All of a sudden, I was part of the club of people that lost siblings. Yeah. And I hated it. And then for it to happen back to back, um, it was really a life-defining time for me. But I had to keep pressing through. And, and you know... You shake it off on some levels, but it's with me today. But I just, I just learned to be still and be with the grief and heal. And boy, did I eat a lot of macaroni and cheese and chocolate <laughs> cake through that time. Comfort <laughs> foods, comfort foods. I get you. That's right. That's right. And um, you know, but uh, but f- f- from my experience, I think my brothers left me with some really wonderful gifts to continue the work that they do, because they were both uh, advocates. And one of my brothers was a a Roman Catholic priest, just, you know, totally amazing priest, like the real deal. Yeah. Real deal. Um, And my elder brother, Jack, was a retired banker. uh, But in his retirement, he just did so much work in the, uh, for volunteering and, Whenever someone had a problem or needed something, they'd call Jack. So I, I feel like they both left me some really good um, tools and, and big shoes to fill. And it's taken me a long time to attempt to fill them. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and it's a real interesting. I, I actually had an interview scheduled at 10 a.m. The, the morning that I received the phone call from my youngest sister. Uh, who and I, I it's, these are those moments you never forget the actual mm-hmm. words that are said. You know, hello, hi, yeah. Richard. It's uh, you know, and uh, I have some bad news now. Uh, I had no clue as to what was going on back in Phoenix, and mm-hmm. I thought my dad's 90 years old, not a happy mm-hmm. camper, he's healthy as a horse, though mm-hmm. he has stability issues, hearing, and so forth. And uh, I thought, oh, they're gonna tell me that dad passed. And then, of course, they said, no, uh, Jeanette, you know, my, that's the name mm-hmm. of my sister. Uh, she passed this morning, da 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 all the details. And I debated whether or not to do the interview. And I thought, you know what? I know that people would cut me some slack. It's not something that's that's set in stone. I could certainly say, you know what? I've, I've had a yeah. traumatic experience, and I'm really going to have to postpone. And I said, no, I'm going to do the interview. 
And I continue to do interviews, even o- mm-hmm. only after a little over a week has gone by. Mm-hmm. I know some people never get over a loss. Right. Uh, I don't know that I necessarily want to, quote unquote, get over it. In that, in that sense, I've been hearing her voice in my head over and over again. I'm he- I hear her laughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, we've had conversations over the phone, my sisters and I, and I haven't had a chance to talk to my brother yet. But uh, we've had conversations about what a, in spite of everything she went through in her life, never bitter. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, oh, boy. There's a lesson that we all need to learn. Okay, my big sister just gave me. <laughs> it's like you were talking about. Right. Uh, when I get into traffic, I say, okay, remember, she was never bitter. And she went through hell and back uh, in, in terms of her health over the 65 years she was here. Mm-hmm. So learn something from her. Is that right. part of this process of shaking it off? Not yes. to diminish what has happened, but to take a different perspective. As we, we use the analogy of a circle and we want people to move mm-hmm. around on the points of the circle to look at the event in the middle from different perspectives. That's, that's what you're really talking about here, isn't it? Yes, yes. And, and it was those two losses that prompted me to make some pretty significant changes that eventually led me to writing this book. So, um, if you, if one has a big loss, whatever that loss is, if you choose to look for the silver linings, they're there. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say we discount being sad or despondent. I mean, I just went through some terrible times in my own recovery of the grief, but you learn to balance it all out. Mm-hmm. And you have to get back on some kind of path because while while our loved ones are gone, we're still here. Yeah, yeah. And we've got to carry on. Now, how many of are there? Uh, how many siblings? A total of six. Okay. Big family. Yeah, we were we were five. I'm the youngest of five. Um, and I had just amazing relationships with them both. But you know, when they left the planet. I just found a a different kind of voice. I really started, you know, seeing how young they were Mm -hmm. and saying, well, I don't want to be six feet under uh, at a young age. And I know they both were so sensitive, uh, really incredible work ethic. So I started to just shift some relationships and, you know, I got rid of a toxic business partnership. Um, I, eventually got myself sober. I, I just made some space for happiness because I saw how quickly, how quickly it can end. Mm. And, and I just thought, okay, God, you're, you're telling me something here. Um, I'm 49 at the time that, that happened. I need to make sure every moment counts as much as I can. So, you know, that the whole concept of shake it off, it's like, don't sweat the small stuff and let me save my energy for the things that really, really matter. And, and you know, what's kind of funny about saving uh, your energy and so forth for things that really matter is that as I have gone through my scant 61 years on the planet, mm-hmm. I've begin, I have begun to learn 
that very little matters. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, family certainly does. Yeah. My wife and my brother and and uh, my remaining three sisters and my parents. As I said, my mm -hmm. dad's 90, my mother 87. Uh, the friendships that I have made here in Santa Barbara, as well as those I continue to maintain and cultivate uh, there in Phoenix and literally around the world with the various guests that I have on the program, yourself mm -hmm. included. And it's like, okay, that's all that matters. And I'll put right. it into, I'll I'll put it into a concise word, community. You can mm -hmm. call it family, whatever collective name you want to put on it. That's what it is. Cause yeah. all the other stuff, for example, uh, I've been, uh, as our conversation, I've been working on getting reservations for a plane flight directly out of Santa Barbara, because the last time I went to Phoenix at Christmas, I did the planes, trains, and automobiles thing. Mm -hmm. I, took a, I took a train to the Burbank Airport, a plane to Phoenix, and then uh, uh, their, their metro uh, rapid rail uh, up to uh, uh, um, a designated street and had all kinds of difficulties and ended, ended up walking four miles to my parents' house. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and I did that to myself and I'm going, I don't want to do that again. No. no. I mean, I liked it. I really did. I was not upset or angry or bitter going through that process because it was, a, it was a, that part of that adventurous part of me. But mm -hmm. I'm thinking, you know, I want to, <laughs> hour and a half in the air and I want to be on the ground. Yeah. So, uh, but it was, it was really, um, uh, but it's been an interesting challenge to get a plane ticket. And uh, if I'd bought it yesterday, it would have been $50 less than it is today. So I said, you know what? I'm not going to risk it. I better just get it now. And mm -hmm. I've, I've done that. So now I've got, I've got that taken care of. And so it's, it's, but again, getting those reservations, that's not a big deal. That's not right. what, it's when I get to Phoenix it will be whoever it is that meets me there. And then, of course, my family will get together for the funeral and so on and so forth. And I'm just thinking, it's hard for me to be sad right. because of the gift that she gave us at Christmas. Because she was really hurting, but she never showed it. Mm -hmm. she, she and I had a conversation about stuff, not about what yeah. was going on with her or me, but, you know, just... Hey, Stop. this is beautiful. What a great Christmas this is. We went out looking uh, at uh, Christmas lights afterwards that night uh, in a caravan that followed my youngest sisters. Uh, you and my... Uh, by the way, how do you feel about being referred to as the baby sister? My, my sister is oh, not a fan. Always. I said, I will never say that again. I will mm -hmm. never call you the baby sister again. No, at age 60, I welcome it. Call me baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Well, you know, folks, uh, we're uh, talking here uh, with uh, Betsy Carullo. Sure, we're talking about her book in particular. We're talking, of course, about Shake It Off. And we certainly hope that uh, you are uh, enlightened by the work that she has done through this work. Um, and uh, we hope that you will get a copy through Amazon, through her website, Shake It Off Leadership. I should uh, go with the whole title there. Shake It Off Leadership, leadership Achieving Success Through the Eyes of of our labels and we're going to continue our conversation here with betsy here on tell me your story i'm richard dugan your host and uh, we are talking about you know shaking it off and 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 realizing that you know stuff happens mm -hmm. I, I you know i i know that a lot of people they get 
real political and they 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 want to just tear apart whatever politician they want to tear apart who isn't doing what they want to be they want them to be doing they don't take the positions they want them to be taken uh they're an imbecile they're a fool uh they're not qualified and the list goes on and it's mm -hmm. like yeah but i don't see you in that position right and you know what it it hasn't changed so when you watch movies from uh, what was the one? Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Yeah. I think it was with Henry Fonda in 1940s. So if you watch that now, Jimmy Stewart, not I much think, has yeah. changed. Mm -hmm. Not much has changed. So yeah. you know, I I have my uh, political beliefs. I've happened to kind of lost faith in most of them. Uh huh. Uh, because, Join the club. Yeah, I, it's <laughs> just um, I kind of laugh when I'm in a business environment and. One of the big guns walks in and you have to refer to them as, you know, senator or this one. That, and I think to myself, I, 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 um, I think we have forgotten here who works for who. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just think, too, with us, with the world that we're in, there is so much negativity that we really have to carve out our own path of of joy where we can, because it's uh, it's ugly out there. Mm -hmm. it's, it's ugly out there. So we have to just create our own inner happiness. Heck with them. That's really important. And it's a subject that we talk about on occasion here on the program. That is happiness mm -hmm. because our founding fathers did put that into, uh, at least it was in the preamble where it says, uh, among these inalienable, inalienable rights. And of course that means there were more than these three listed are life. I got life. I'm here. My heart's a beating and I can right. see it on liberty. I can basically go wherever I want, do whatever I want to do and happiness. Oh, I'm right. sorry. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Uh, we can pursue it. We can never have it, at least mm -hmm. by my understanding of the phrase, uh, the pursuit of happiness, but you can't have it. It's kind of like that right. carrot out on the end of the string on the stick ahead of you. You can reach in you. You'll never get. No, I, I disagree. I think you can have happiness and it all depends upon your definition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think um, I think there's a lot of opportunity now for for people to really take a look at, OK, here's what's going on in the world. We have this travesty in Russia and the Ukraine. Yeah. So I can tell you that in my workforce, whenever something comes up uh, where someone has some kind of challenge, usually it, it, it in in the sentence somewhere is. But I'm really grateful for this challenge and that I'm here in America. Uh -huh. compared to what our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine are going for. And that yeah. really just puts it into perspective. It's like, okay, we need to get, we need to get our priorities in order and we need to be really grateful for what we have. We may not all agree, you know, when it, with COVID, we, we may have different views about vaccinated, non-vaccinated, you know, whatever your choices are, but you know, we're here in in america mm -hmm. and we really need to continue to work better together really you know we can set aside covid specifically but we can open this mm -hmm. up a little wider because i have been putting forth to our listeners and other people that i talk with uh going back to uh our constitution in the preamble that says, we the people, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain, and establish this Constitution of the United States of America. Now, if you can believe that I still remember that from grade school, <laughs> you are, I hope I, I hope I got it all correct. I probably got most of it. 
but it's there are two lines in there that I juxtapose against the First Amendment in asking this question. And this does not specifically apply to COVID. This applies to our place in our civilization, in our society. Juxtapose the two, two lines from the preamble that say, promote the general welfare and secure the blessings of liberty to our, for ourselves and our posterity against the individualism of the First Amendment to the Constitution. And I often wonder how people would view that, how they would, how they would balance that. Because I'm not talking about taking anything away from anybody. I'm mm -hmm. asking people to take a look mm. at it from a different perspective. I know you don't want to wear a mask. I know you don't want to wear seat belts. I know you don't want to stop when it's a red light. I get all that. Mm -hmm. And yet you still wear your seat belt. You still stop at a red light. Okay, so apparently you don't have that much of a problem promoting the general welfare mm -hmm. uh, and so on and so forth. Talk well, to us a know, little bit about that. Through, through, through these times over the past bunch of years, you know, I, I'm an activist. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a co-founder of the Maryland LGBT Chamber of Commerce. So here I am, a successful businesswoman. I am a gay, long-term married two kids, three grandkids, you know, traditional life. And still seeing that there's so many inequities. You know, I'm a woman in business. I have tolerated the inequities of, you know, men versus women for over 30 years with my business. I could, you know, crawl up in a hole and complain and what have you, but I just, I just keep pressing forward. Um, I'm, I'm very much an advocate for diversity. When I am with colleagues I know or customers that don't understand all the, all the Me Too movement or the Black Lives Matter, whatever, whatever it is, I stop them and say, okay, if your daughter or your wife or your granddaughter was being treated the way you're seeing some of us uh, fighting for how would you feel and usually it's like i want to kick that guy's lights out okay so there you go so if you mm -hmm. don't if i'm out here trying to make it a better place for the women in your life too mm -hmm. so if you want your life your world your your the women in your life to have a better world then you've got to support us you know, when I when I have friends that say, "Well, I don't understand this Black Lives Matter thing." Okay, look, I have, we have a son who's in his forties, but when he was in his teens and twenties, we didn't we had the normal worry when your kid goes out. We don't have we didn't have the same worries that our black friends have when their sons go out, yeah. and that's kind of when when I talk to my friends about that, they're like, "Wow, you're right." We don't have those same worries. So, yeah, get get with the program and be sensitive about what other people are going through. We may not have those same challenges, but don't discount someone because yeah. of the color of their skin, the religious beliefs. So I'll go down the list. You know, who we choose to love. I mean, seriously, Richard, for people that get angry about the LGBT community, all it is is about the right to choose who we want to love. Yeah. Is that such a bad thing? I mean... Seriously. You know, the thought that occurred to me about the fear, because it's based mm -hmm. in fear, 
<clears throat> and I was working for a Christian radio station back in the late in the eighties, throughout the entire decade of the eighties, into the uh, first half uh, decade of the nineties. And of course, this subject would come up, and then we're going to stop this and X gays for Jesus and all this kind of stuff. And I the 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 question that that I bring forth is this one: What are you thinking that these people, because they are human beings, plus the fact right. that they are Americans, okay, right? Do you really think that what they're going to do is they're going to start going up and down the street, knocking on doors, trying to recruit you and your wife or husband? Are you that insecure in your own sexuality that you think that you could be turned? And then I add this other caveat based upon how many gays have been treated, both male and female, if I may use that Mm -hmm. term for both. Mm -hmm. There are those who say it's a choice. I was born and raised, I was born legally blind. I was bullied in school. I didn't have a choice. That's the mm-hmm. way my eyes were. Mm-hmm. Why do you think another human being would actually choose to be that way mm-hmm. and put up with that? Right. They would change, right. if it were a choice, they would change right back to yeah. the acceptable norm. Well, That's I what really, certainly... that's what struck me. Yeah, I, I certainly went back and forth. Uh, I came out of my 20s, and it wasn't really embraced in this large Roman Catholic Italian family with a brother who was a priest. Now, he was the most accepting of my entire family at the beginning, and always. He was consistently perfect. Uh, I had to definitely push push back a lot, fight for myself, mm-hmm. Um and many times when I get into conversations with my mother, I say, Ma, you know, look, I studied the same questions for communion and confirmation that you did. You tell me how this is Christian, because Christian is not about what church you go to. It's about believing in a higher power, God, whatever it is, acting Christian is being good, treating thy neighbor as thyself. So you tell me how you treating me like this is Christian. You tell me how you're modeling what we've learned in church. And she would say, well, oh, stop it with your rhetoric. Yeah, but Ma, point it out to me. Yeah, It's not rhetoric. And she couldn't. Yeah. And she couldn't. Yeah. She couldn't. I remember also a conversation, a beautiful conversation that I had with a rabbi, which I will share with you in just a moment. But I want to remind you who are watching and listening to tell me your story uh, that uh, we are here talking with Betsy Carollo. And we are going to continue our conversation here on uh, this program uh, talking about how to shake it off and shake it off leadership on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And I wanted to ask you, Betsy, Betsy Carollo, who is my guest here on the program. In regards to this whole conversation we're having, I had a, a rabbi, I've had a number of rabbis on this program, but some of my favorite conversations because of my uh, understanding of the level of education uh, that they have and what they go mm-hmm. through. And we were chatting, we were talking about this subject, and he says, you know that passage in Leviticus that they always love to throw up at, at, at people and bash people over the head with, such as yourself, Betsy. Mm-hmm. Well, do you know the context of under which that law was created, was, was established? I said, uh, abs- no, I don't. He says, it's extremely important to know the context. Now, maybe back then, okay, and now we're talking uh, 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 B.C., mm-hmm. 
the population of the planet, I don't know, maybe a million, if that. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, maybe somebody does. But anyway, had to start somewhere, right? Right. All right. <clears throat> Where are we today? We're at uh, close to 8 billion. Now, going back to the rabbi and putting it in context, he said, this is what he said, not what I'm saying, folks. What he said was the context in which that law was established was to not to interfere with the procreative process of man. Now, since that law was established in B.C., I don't know, mm-hmm. a thousand, two thousand, five thousand B.C., whatever. Do you think that man has interfered with the procreative process of itself? Now we have eight billion and they're saying that by 2050, we could have maybe 10 billion on mm-hmm. the planet. Do you mm-hmm. honestly believe that that's been interfered with? And I'll, I'll answer this way. I don't think so, Tim. <laughs> well, you know, again, it goes back, it goes back to fear. And even in, in business, if people would learn to be to embrace other people's success, there is more than enough business to go around for everybody. And the key is always the marketing part. How do you find it? How do you follow up with it? How do you bring it in? How do you service the whole thing? So it's not it's not a, a simple equation. But if people worked together versus keeping people out, there would just be more good companies to do business with. And I know that even I have these conversations with other uh, female CEOs in a peer advisory group that I'm part of. Women need to get better at supporting other women because sometimes in business, there's that jealousy of, well, you've got this. I don't want, I want to have what you have, but we have to all learn to work together. Now, from a business perspective in the LGBT community, business community, I think we have all realized how hard it was for a lot of us because we were in the closet while we owned our companies because that sometimes was the smart thing to do, that now we share business with each other happily and willingly. And I think that's a great thing. And and I think that my community has a lot to teach other communities. You know, it's interesting how, and of course, I don't know, you, I'd love for you to share your dynamics, the dynamics of your family. It sounds like a little a bit of estrangement with uh, your mother in particular. Uh, but there's a passage in the Bible that says, be ye not unequally yoked with non-believers. So I'm sitting here thinking, okay, if you've got family members who are not believers, you better tell them to take a hike because you're not supposed to be uh, unequally yoked with them or people in business. You better make sure... and. Then there's that other part of it. They said to me during those 15 years at the station, oh, this is, it's your personal relationship with Jesus or your personal relationship with God. And then they would come and challenge me as to whether or not I was saved. And I go, wait a minute. You just said it was a personal, personal. relationship. How is it that yeah. you're involved in it? Right. And why do right. you, and of course they say, well, we care because we, you know, we want to make sure that you go to heaven. Why? Why do you care? Mm-hmm. And then I, I say this, I'll say this a little facetiously, but yet at the same time, you, I heard this, I was watching this one documentary on whatever, and they talked about being in heaven and sitting at the feet of the master and worshiping him for all eternity. And I'm thinking, boring, I'm not, no disrespect. Okay, I'm mm-hmm. not trying to be disrespectful, but it's like, I'd rather come back here and deal with the stuff that's going on here 
then then that be what eternity is like. It just doesn't make any sense that we would go through this life, and this is the only life we have. Right. And then that's the that's the uh, the the that's that's it. Or mm-hmm. you go to hell. I mean, one of the two. Uh, if you're not a believer, I, I I don't know. Just a lot of that stuff just didn't make any sense to me. And I got a I actually got a little postcard. And actually, it wasn't a postcard. Somebody took a small took a piece of paper, made it small, put two stamps on it, our address, my name, their return address, not a not so much a name. And on the back side of the piece of paper, they basically wrote out how I had talked about original sin. And and the bottom line they said was you need to follow the money. Okay, when stuff like this comes, I, I'm thinking really. Uh, I, you know, um, so I'm thinking, I don't think we can really follow the money in what we were just talking about here in terms of, of, uh, the way people are separated from one another. And that was the other mm-hmm. thing I'm thinking when I did believe in hellfire and damnation and the devil back in the mid eighties, by the way, it took me five years to push that belief out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought this is just another way for the devil to separate us. Mm-hmm. That's all. Right. AIDS, homosexuality, uh, trans, what, uh, LBGTQ, right. whatever, you know, whatever other difference mm-hmm. there is between you and me. Well, that's just a, another way for the devil to separate us. We're not supposed mm-hmm. to be separated because we're all here on this planet together. Because if we right. were supposed to be separated, wouldn't you agree that the creator probably made enough planets that each one of us could occupy our own, <laughs> even at 8 billion? Probably. Okay. Probably. I mean, you know, when I when I listen to certain people who, um, oh, I don't know the best way to say, because I certainly don't want to don't want to have any of your listeners uh, be mad at the my approach. But um, people who are very religious, when I hear people um, have been so harmful and are just so racist and they can't even control themselves, I think to myself, and you call yourself Christian? Mm. Yeah. You know, we are all humans. We are all created equal. Sadly, we have a lot to learn in that department. And yeah. that, that really aggravates me, especially when I, when I, and I've heard people like I, I have people that I have uh, really v- loved and valued and, you know, admired when I see some of their social media postings through, through a black lives matter, um, you know, having, having certain people refer to COVID as the, um, the China virus. And these are people that I knew Mm -hmm. in business. And I think to myself, don't you even see how racist you are? Yeah. And you call yourself a Christian? No, that's not how it works. What about the influenza? Are you going to start labeling that too nationally as a nationality? I mean, because probably we don't know where exactly where it comes from. All we know is that it circles the globe every year. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we're talking. So we have go a ahead. lot of work. Yeah, we, we just do. have we just have a lot of work. Betsy Carullo is my guest, and Shake It Off Leadership is her book. BetsyCarullo.com is the website, and I'm going to give you that uh, website as uh, we are here on this program. Betsy Carullo. That's uh, B E T S Y C E R U L O dot com. And I just had a. Uh, and this is kind of interesting. <laughs> 
Side note here, folks. <laughs> I got a text from my wife saying that a, a fly flew into her eye. Now, I talked with her. She says she's doing all right. But it's supposedly it's still in there because it's still uncomfortable. And I just had one fly by me going, don't you dare. That's why I've got my shields on my, <laughs> my glasses. <laughs> Shake it off, leadership. That's what we're talking about here. I'm Richard Dugan, and this is Tell Me Your Story. We are talking with Betsy Carullo, and we're talking about Shake It Off uh, Leadership. Um, w- was there any other phrase that you had at, at the time when you came up with Shake It Off, or is that kind of, how did that come about? I, you know, I played sports in high school, and that was the popular phrase oh, that a coach would scream yeah. from the side, Shake It Off, and you know, within a nanosecond, you had to get your mind right, and do what you're doing to win the next point. So I just held on to that my whole life that when I was, it was, you know, mostly business. If something was occurring, I had to let it, you know, let it roll off your back. So for me, it was shake it off, you know, shake it off and regroup and get going again. Mm. Cause that's what you have to do in leadership. You can't just wait and analyze things and take forever. Uh, especially as a small business owner, you've got a shift on a dime. And, and make the right decisions in a split second. Wow. Well, that's one of the things I love, I love about this job. <laughs> I don't have to do anything in a split second. I mean, yeah, we don't want dead air. All right, yeah, it's true. But a couple of seconds is kind of like a dramatic pause. But you don't want to go on too long. You want to get yourself back in order and, and uh, on the straight and narrow, so to speak, as far as your programming or what have you. Uh, and, yeah, I've had my, I've had my moments. Um, you know, we used to joke about this, especially at music stations, that you'd want to have uh, queued up on your turntable. I, I can't remember who does the song now, uh, but it's I guess it runs uh, maybe almost the entire side of an album, Inagata De Vida. Oh, my God. All right. We have that. <laughs> uh, I would actually, I would have actually, um, uh, in a digital age, I would have actually had queued up on my computer. I would have the, the uh, first version and then the sequel to taxi from harry chapin and that runs about 13 minutes i think that gives you plenty of time to run across the street grab a coffee or whatever and get back (laughs) anyway we uh i digress a little bit here when you you also have oh and i find this interesting too because i'm very curious about this you also have another book called miss Miss Crab Apple and Her Magic Violin, which I learned how to play sort of kind of in a way back in eighth grade, but never followed through beyond that. Tell us a little bit about, uh, obviously, uh, a, a children's story. Yes, it was a story I told my granddaughter one Saturday night, just made it up out of nowhere. And I thought to myself, after I came downstairs from putting her to bed, I said to my wife, I said, that was a pretty darn good story. I'm going to go write it down. So I, I wrote it down. It sat for a couple of years. And, and then I got it published oh, maybe about five years ago. Uh, so that was, that was kind of the preamble to me really getting my chops to do the, to do shake it off leadership. So mm-hmm. it was a fun book and that's also on Amazon. Um, one thing I want to tell you for your readers, if they go to the website, there's a, a free PDF download, a workbook for Shake It Off. So there's some exercises in there that might be of value and it's free. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Please, folks, go there. It is uh, BetsyCarulla.com and uh, we'll be linked to your website, Betsy, so that folks can 
find out more about uh, what you're doing and how they might even be able to get involved in that regard to to be a part of, of uh, quite honestly, what people are doing is such great work. Um, I, you know, I, I, we started out, of course, you know, talking about, you know, well, how do you shake stuff off? Like, oh, the passing of a sibling or a parent or mm. a close friend. and You don't shake that off. No, but at the same time, um, you, I, I, because I've actually teared up over the memories not mm-hmm. not so much the loss of her because from my perspective she's not gone she's just mm-hmm. not in a body anymore right okay right. that's my perspective but i think about as i mentioned earlier i think about those times when we were kids growing up and how she was practicing french horn down the hall in the girls room and we were outside playing and pretty much that's what you heard even while we were playing kickball and and then her laughter Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, some of the things that she would say and her smile uh, and, and just all of the different aspects, even in in the age of 65, because uh, when I was able to got to see her at Christmas this past year uh, and she was still that way mm-hmm. and she still had that laugh. And she, you know, so it's like, yeah. And people like you will say, oh, I, I'm so sorry for your loss. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not saying I don't appreciate that. Thank you so much. But I don't feel as though I, I've lost as much as some people think I've lost because of my perspective that I, mm-hmm. I, I'm talking to her regularly. Yeah. Even if it's not out loud verbally, it's just like I, I'm and I'm waiting to hear that voice of her saying, hi, Richard, it's going to be OK. It's going to mm-hmm. be okay. Uh, and it's just, it's like, wow. You yeah. Know, this is. I wrote to my brothers every day. I kept the journal. Mm. So I would, I'd say for almost a year after each died, I'd write to them every morning as a way to process and, and just keep, it had me feel closer to them. So, and I, you know, grieving Grieving can be a really beautiful process because if you're so, if you're in tears, wow, you know what that says? That says that there's somebody in the world, somebody that you loved so much. And if a reflection of that are your tears, that's a beautiful thing. And I think we have to give each, give ourselves more permission to be in that space and not, and, and not get over it because especially if someone ever said to me because I would tell some of my my friends and one of my my only brother that's left we talked about I said if you ever tell me to get over I said I'm gonna knock your lights out (laughs) (laughs) and he's older than me and he's bigger than me (laughs) well I will tell you that that it isn't something that I want to get over, but it's not something that I want to wallow in, uh, in sadness and despair and all of that. Um, it's something that I want to share with other people, like what I'm doing now with our listeners and with you, is that this was a spectacular woman who brought another, another girl into this world, who grew up to give her grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And my mother, who is still alive, along with my father, great grandchildren, yeah. making me and my brother great uncles and my sisters great aunts. You know? yeah. Same here. Well, we, we always knew we were already great. Yeah. Well, this is true. 
<laughs> nice. Very, very good. I love it. Shake It Off Leadership is the title of the book. Uh, Betsy Carrillo is my guest here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I'm really enjoying our conversation here, uh, Betsy, because um, w- one of the other aspects that I loved in terms of finding out about how to be uh, first of all, it was uh, that, that passage uh, in the New Testament, be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. I'm going, what does that mean? You know, uh, do I have to walk the straight and narrow? And it turns out I don't. Because according to the Old Testament, it's just to be. I am that I am. And if it's the, uh, if it's the Creator, whether you want to call it God the Father, God is perfect because God is is not because of what god does ergo i don't have to be perfect by doing anything Mm -hmm. i just have to be perfect by just being me Mm -hmm. talk to us a little bit about how we can incorporate that kind of perfection well perfection is a tough road to walk and I think we're so magnificent in our imperfections, especially when we acknowledge them, because the, you know, the, the, the joy is in doing the inner work, because when you have that, those silent times to explore, to ask the questions, to listen to your universal power, whatever that may be, there's a lot of miracles that can come from that. And, um, you know, Perfection, uh, that's where I get in trouble when I try to, to be a perfectionist. When I when I give myself permission to make a mistake, I do better on that side of the tracks. I, I absolutely love the fact that you and I share uh, this kind of a, an experience with our siblings, uh, mm-hmm. though. And here's here's what's real interesting for me. Even though mine might be fresher than yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've kind of put it this way. Remember we were talking about differences earlier? Each of us experiences exactly the same emotions, not always in the same intensities and so forth, but that we all have sadness and happiness and fear and love and so on and so forth. That's what makes us the same. Yeah. What makes us unique is the stories we tell about mm-hmm. those emotions. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I found that all of a sudden, after my brothers died, more I, I attracted more people who had lost siblings. So just in natural conversations with even some of my customers where I had no idea, we would have conversations about it. And then every so often I'd get a ping and an email or a phone call. Hey, I'm just checking in on you. How you doing? And you don't have no idea how, how the difference that made for me. Um, because a lot of people are uncomfortable with grief. They don't know what to say. So yeah. they say nothing. And I found that when I got calls or a card or something from from friends that said, you know what, there are no words for this, but I just want you to know I'm here. I appreciated that more than from some of my who I thought were good friends that just kind of disappeared because they were uncomfortable. I thought you're uncomfortable. How the heck you think I feel? (laughs) (laughs) I have to tell you how it took me three days. My, my sister passed on Tuesday morning. 
I didn't call my mother and father until Friday because I didn't mm-hmm. know what to say because right. I couldn't say, I- I'm sorry for your loss because it's mine too. Right. It's the it's the worst thing. I know when, when Tommy died, I had the people show up at the door because he lived 10 minutes away from me, whereas the rest of my family lived up in Jersey. I had to make those calls to my siblings. Oh. And then they went and it was awful, awful. And then they went and told... Um, my mother. And I can still tell you the day I got the phone call from my nephew when my brother Jack died. You know, you just don't, you don't forget those things. Um, well, my, my youngest sister is getting a huge hug from me of gratitude for her willingness to make those calls because mm-hmm. that could not have been easy for her. No, yeah, no. it's the hardest thing. Yeah. It's, it, it's one of the hardest things. And, you know, my mom is still alive. She's 97. She's going to be 98. Yeah, she's going to be 98 next month. Um, Now, she has dementia. And I'll tell you, Richard, I'd say God gave me a great gift. She is Miss Happy, Miss Accepting, Miss Nonjudgmental. She is just, she is magnificent. Now, the part that was not so magnificent, when one day she was asking about one of my brothers, my brother Jack, and said, did Jack die? And I said, yes. And you would have thought it was the first time she heard it. And she started to cry. Oh, I just wanted to throw myself out the window. I felt so bad. So, so now when she asks me questions, you know, I haven't heard from Jack in a while. Oh my, he's in Florida playing golf. (laughs) I I just don't want want to upset her. I just want her to be happy. I had a similar experience with my wife's aunt, uh, who was also in that state. Mm-hmm. And we went to visit her at the nursing home that she was in. And she started talking to me as if I were a doctor. Mm-hmm. And I had heard, I forget where I heard this, but I had heard that when you come across somebody who is experiencing dementia, that kind of thing, where they're not all here and they think that you are somebody else as much as if it were your mom that you wish she would recognize you as her son mm-hmm. you go along you roll with you it you roll with them and so i did and i said yes i am a doctor and uh, she says well why aren't you seeing patients i says cuz you're my patient and i'm here to see you and just kept it in that respect mm-hmm. and sometimes and i've even heard this uh, said too of uh, folks who are on that on that spectrum of like mm-hmm. autism or Down syndrome mm-hmm. and so forth. Mm-hmm. They're in the here and the now. Yeah, They're not in the past or the future. They're right here, right now. And that's the reason why they have so much difficulty communicating with us. Because we're not. Mm-hmm. You, you say right. you're right here, right now. You're here with me. But no, your mind is going a mile a minute thinking about. No, I'm, I'm yeah. in yesterday or I'm worrying about tomorrow. Yeah. They're not. Yeah. Right. And, and, and the present moment is a beautiful thing. Yeah. How does that help us shake it off in this leadership context? Well, in leadership, you need to be in the moment because if I, and and I am not perfect about it, but when I start uh, worrying about the future, I worry myself for no reason because it always works out. So I find that if I just trust and I'm doing all my due diligence to put whatever in place that has to be, if I stay in the present, I can, I can embrace more and I learn more and I'm, and I'm more present for my employees. Mm. So it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. Well, it is, 
an analogy that I have used, and I'm sure you've seen this on, on a computer somewhere. Somebody's recording audio, and you see that little wave being made. I mean, I'm looking mm-hmm. at it right now on my screen, and there's this white line down the center of the screen, and on the left side is the wave created, and on the right side, nothing, because mm-hmm. there's nothing been created yet. Mm-hmm. That moment of now is that white line. And the moment you see, the instant that you see that wave, or the instant that I hear my voice, that's already the past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I'm hearing it, it's already in the past. It may be a nanosecond, but what difference does it make? It's still a nanosecond in the past. Right, right. And that's why we encourage people, uh, Bet- Betsy, to spend time listening to that still small voice because that still small voice is in the now mm-hmm. it's right here, and and that's and that little voice it's not just your voice it's you know again it's that universal power out there whatever you believe yeah that's helping you go from point a to point b yeah I'm curious, uh, as far as the rest of your family uh, is concerned, mm-hmm. uh, and again, I, I understand that you, you have, have lost two brothers. Uh, were yeah. you a family of three siblings or others? Were there other? Five. Five. Oh, I have, you said five. Yeah, I have, you said five. Yeah, an oldest sister, three brothers in the middle, and then me. So how are your sisters, how do your sisters uh, uh, not only uh, deal with you and your life, but also uh, with with these kinds of concepts, do you, do you ever get together reminiscing about your brothers or, yeah, or, you know, um, what I don't you? see, I don't see my brother and my sister as often because they live in New Jersey, but you know, whenever we get into reminiscing about our brothers and, you know, our, our dynamics of growing up, um, it, it, there's always a lot of laughter. And of course, then there's the conversations, especially with my sister's 14 years older than me, we came from different generations. So we experienced our mother differently. Mm. Uh, my dad died when I was six. So my sister was 21. So she got to be around my father more than I did. So she tells me a lot of stories about him, which um, just helps me to feel close to him. And, um, you know, it's important. I think, it, I think it's so important to be able to tell those stories of your siblings when uh, you grow up because it helps, especially in loss, it helps to fill the void. Mm. And isn't laughter one of the best healers? Uh, that's what they say. Uh, uh, you know, I did, that, <laughs> I did that the other day in an interview. I said, yes, according to Reader's Digest, laughter is the best medicine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> Well, I, you know, it, to me, it's 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 such a blast to to hear. Um, you know, I, I was I was talking with a woman the other day on this program, and uh, she was sharing uh, the trauma that she went through, the 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 drama that she went through of losing one of her baby her baby after mm-hmm. two weeks, and she held the baby. She didn't get to touch the baby because it was mm-hmm. immediately whisked off the the, the NICU. But it was two weeks in and they knew that the baby wasn't going to make it. And so they pulled it off of uh, 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 all of the life-saving devices, gave the baby to her. And when she was sharing this story and when she was done, uh, and she never broke down. It wasn't that she stayed stern, but you could still hear the emotion. Mm -hmm. And I said, 
you you must have really gotten a lot stronger. She says, no, I still have those moments when I'll think about, and I forget the, 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 the child's name that she gave. Uh, I still think about him. I, I will tear up from time to time. Mm-hmm. And I said, but is, uh, what's really frustrating is when pe- when people who cry apologize. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. do you apologize when you laugh? <laughs> I mean, no, you really, don't. you know, you don't. So don't apologize if you cry, because that's part of who we are. Right, right. Uh, well, you know, I think Richard, uh, the universe brought us together at a perfect time. That you have had a this recent loss, and your sister's gone on to another world, mm-hmm. and is and is still right there by your side. And that I've had similar, similar experiences. So I, I think it's just uh, perfect timing that we get to do the show together right now. Couldn't agree with you more. Uh, by the way, yeah. that interview um, that I was sharing with you about with this, this other uh, author, um, it was, that was the half hour after I had been given the news. Oh. And... I had some relatives listen to it. I think that the best conclusion, uh, th- and they were not thrilled, though I wasn't being offensive or anything of that nature, but uh, epitomized by one of my sisters who said, I think for both you and us, because they listened to it on Wednesday mm-hmm. of last week uh, as we're conversing here, which was n- less than a day or more, just over a day, too soon. That that old phrase, was it too soon? In this case, she's saying, I think it was a little too soon for, for you as well as for us. Mm-hmm. Because we were, we're still we're still trying to process what's what's mm-hmm. happened. And I appreciated that because it took the sting out of the uh, the review <laughs> that I yeah. was given. And I apologized. I said I didn't mean to hurt or offend anybody. I would never do that. I would never do it intentionally, uh, and so forth and so on. So, uh, you know, there you go. Um, that's, it's to me, it's just really incredible what, what comes together. And I don't believe in coincidence. I do mm-hmm. believe in coincidences, incidents that come together. And mm-hmm. that's what this is here with you, Betsy Carullo, and uh, yours truly here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, Betsy Carullo uh, is with us here to talk. Uh, we've been talking, I should say, about her book. Um, I want to thank you so much for giving us so much time here on the program, and I'm hoping that uh, uh, maybe we'll have you back. Have you got any, any more okay. books in the, uh, in the offing? Um, in the works, yes, but I don't even have uh, titles. I, well, I do have a children's book. I'm almost done. But I'm going to be working on another series of leadership books. And you're over there on the East Coast, uh, you said yes. in Baltimore? Yes, Charm City. Charm City. I have never heard that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's nothing new. There's lots of stuff I haven't heard before. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I have, oh, I've been to New York City. It's been 10, 20, almost 30 years since I was in New York City. Lots changed. I'm sure it has. And I remember walking the streets. This kind of ties in a little bit. Uh, Walking the streets at 5 o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday. And I was both excited and exhilarated 
and saddened by what I was experiencing. I was excited by the hustle and the bustle and everybody moving around and doing their thing. And the sadness was that it was as if everybody was oblivious of everybody else, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, that's that's one of the things I like about living here. Uh, Phoenix was not too bad, but it's a pretty big city now, too. But here in Santa Barbara, my God, you walk into a store and invariably you're going to run into somebody that knows you. And I had that mm-hmm. happen with one gal. She she uh, I saw her at this one store. And then, of course, hey, we'll see. You. And I did my thing and I left and went to another store and. Guess who showed up? And I said, are you stalking me? <laughs> but it's, it's, it's hard not to run into people that you know. Yeah. And developing that, which is the most important, which we talked about earlier, and that is community. Mm-hmm. Um, so we thank you so much for sharing uh, this with us and uh, this aspect of shaking it off. Uh, we want to shake it off. Shake it off leadership is, again, the title of the, uh, of the book. And we want you to go to her website, too, Betsy Carullo, uh, Cerullo, I beg your pardon, BetsyCerullo.com. Uh, I think I've been pronouncing your last name incorrectly, and I apologize. Um, we thank you so much. I do have three final questions that I ask all of my guests. And uh, you may have t- touched upon them a little bit during the program, but um, I want to <clears throat> I want to ask them directly. Before I do, I want to remind you, the listener and the viewer, that you are listening to Tell Me Your Story, you're watching Tell Me Your Story, and we're here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com. Oh, and don't forget the 9 a.m. Wednesday, Wednesday edition of Tell Me Your Story. We're also on podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. We're on YouTube, too. And, of course, we will be linked. I I'll, I just found a feature within my video editing software, uh, uh, Betsy, where I can now put text or whatever in the video, and then I can make it a link. And it's oh. like, cool, because I put uh-huh. your, see, what I do is I put your name below uh-huh. you. I put your website above you. If I can make that website above you a link to your site, bam, that's going to be cool. Wonderful. So Love people it. watching the video can actually click on the video and boom, they take it takes you to your website. So very cool. We also ask folks that if um, you uh, are um, interested in and you like what we're bringing you, uh, like to support us financially, we would really appreciate whatever support you can give us. Uh, we have a PayPal account. That's for your security as well as ours. I like them as the middleman. So uh, do what you can. We'll take energetic support too, folks. We'll put that to good use, I guarantee you. And also participate in the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s, as we ask you to take the time to sit still quietly in that calm, peaceful, quiet, safe. Folks, it's a safe place that nobody else can get to. I finally figured that out, Betsy. There's no place on the planet that I can go to where no one else can get to. So, because if I can get there, so can they, mm-hmm. you know, I don't care how isolated it is. If I get it, if I find it, someone else will too, but they can't get to my quiet place within. That's right. And listen to that still small voice, folks. With that, I, I, I've been saying this, I kind of, it's kind of fun to do. We now move into the lightning round of our game show called Tell Me Your Story, where I do ask those three questions. <laughs> <laughs> Here it comes. There it comes. And the first of those three questions is... Who is Betsy Cerullo? She is a fun, happy, loving girl from Baltimore who loves and accepts everyone. 
What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? To, if I can open up one heart and one soul to think differently and to change their minds about whatever barriers they have and help them to shift hatred to love, Hmm. that's where I'm headed. Awesome. And finally, what is your life's purpose? Hmm. To make change one person at a time. Well, you have already done that with this program. You've made some changes even within me. As we have talked, uh, we both have changed, actually. And that's one of the constants of the universe, because we're always moving, we hope, forward. And uh, with that forward motion, there is always change. And uh, Mm -hmm. uh, I always like to think of it as change for for the better. And that's what we're about on this program, changing the world for the better for everyone. And uh, we thank you for helping us to do that. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. And I thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we give you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to Lal and Jeanette, I'll be talking to you.